When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This Valentine's Day, you know just what to get that special someone because you know just what makes them tick. So head on over to proflowers.com to get fresh this Valentine's Day and get 15% off through February 14th on gifts for your special someone with promo code CRUSH15. See website for details. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Raw? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Raw? Today, Ben Simmons says that he has a mental health issue and that the 76ers, that he's not mentally ready to play yet. Yeah, right. We know what's going on here. Um, college football targeting is front and center again. And it, listen, you have to understand the rules. Rule number one of college football and football in general is bad things happen to good people. The NBA 75, that list came out. Who got snubbed and who are we throwing off the list and who are we putting back on the list? Uh, for cancel or consequence, Alec Baldwin has a tragic accident happen on the set of his movie. What should happen to the movie from this point on? And for the best of social media, our hot dog sandwiches, 
Ralph doesn't think so. I know that they are. And many, many more things. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden. And this is Reister or Wrong, the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. So I guess we'll start today with the Ben Simmons situation, Ralph, because we found out that that he was that obviously he got kicked out of practice a couple days ago. He got suspended for the game. They're trying to take his money, all of this stuff. And then Ben Simmons came out and said that, that he spoke to Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, and the entire team and ex- accepted everyone's need to take responsibility, including himself. But Ben Simmons informed them all that he's not mentally ready to play yet and needs time. So he's pulling a Kyrie Irving. Yesterday, he said his back hurt. Ralph, first thing is, do you believe him? Of course not. Because if he was traded to, let's say, Atlanta, some random trade-up that's never going to happen. Let's say that Atlanta packages John Collins, a couple of first-round picks, and and ships them to, to Brooklyn, and then Brooklyn adds Isaiah Thomas or something like that to give them yeah. some scoring off the bench at point guard. Or not Brooklyn, uh, Philadelphia. Uh, so let's say that that happens. He'll be ready to play tomorrow. So if yes. he'll be ready to play tomorrow, depending on the environment being different, then it's not an internal issue. It's an external issue that he, okay. so he's not telling the truth. And I think, I think the plan is just to make this such a toxic situation that Philadelphia has no choice, but to, to act. Okay. But what do you think about this? Because last year we had this with James Harden, except for James Harden just showed up and half-assed it. Right. Which, right. which I hate it. I thought it was gross. Because- I lost a lot of respect for James Harden, and you know he's one of my absolute all-time favorite players to watch. Yeah, because the thing I didn't like about it, because there were people who were like, yo, that's the only way he could get out, blah, blah, blah. And the thing that that didn't sit well with me was, all right, so I understand he wanted out, but Hooper's hoop. Like the idea that you would go out there and not give your best intentionally because you're pouting that that just was so gross to me. I, I I just don't understand it. Like I could never, under any circumstances, see Kobe Bryant, even Kevin Durant, his own teammate. Like imagine Kevin Durant being unhappy in a situation and then half-assing it in a basketball game. He would rather die than do that. Kevin Durant was unhappy in two different situations. He balled out and then he moved on when it was all said and done. We have two examples of this. He was frustrated. With Westbrook, he hated that they let the 3-1 lead slip away to, to Golden State. He wanted to win titles, so he moved on. He had trouble with Draymond. He was already mentally ready to go um, do something else in, in his last series of the Warriors. We saw what happened when he actually overextended himself. He ended up having to miss an, an entire season of basketball um, due to a torn Achilles. So uh, and all that guy does is work hard. There's been plenty of people who were – dissatisfied but still balled out on the court it it is pretty common in the nba actually to um to grow discontent with your situation with the management i grew up a Suns fan barkley forced his way out of both philadelphia 
and Phoenix, but when he was on the court, it was still all business. Kobe did everything he could to get traded, and the Lakers waited him out, and he still gave full effort every time he was on the court for Los Angeles. In fact, one of Kobe's ways of making it toxic was to just play so much harder than everybody else that they would want to get rid of him. Obviously, Ben Simmons doesn't. (laughs) Ben Simmons doesn't have that in him. He's going the, he's going the make everybody else like make your misery contagious route. And I think it could ultimately end up affecting the, the, the Sixers that are on the court. I don't know if this team has the ability to galvanize around the fact that like we got a cancer in the locker room, but he's not part of what we're doing. Let's close ranks and do our thing. I don't think the media in Philadelphia, I don't like the fans are going to let them forget that this is a part of the narrative of the, of the season. Ben Simmons just wants a different situation. He's going to do whatever it takes. I don't, I don't fault him for doing what he thinks will get the job done, but I do judge him on his actions, right? Like I, I understand his process, but I don't respect it. Okay. So, so then the question is, see, because there's an aspect of this that kind of gets kind of tricky, right? Because his mental health, because yesterday he said his back was sore and now he's talking about his, he's not mentally ready and all of that stuff. And mental health is a buzzword in the community and nobody believes that something is actually wrong with him. Right. And I, and now that creates a two way street because you can't question somebody's mental health. Because if something were to happen, then you end up with egg on your face and they end up in a bad situation. But being that nobody really believes him, I think it's kind of gross that he would take this route. Because when there are so many people who do have legitimate mental health issues in the world of sports and now he's taking the easy road, I I don't like it. It, it, it It feels gross. Yeah. And at the same time, I think it is, it literally is a mental health issue. Like having the inability to overcome adversity is on the spectrum of mental health issues, being overly coddled and overly spoiled and having it impact your ability to relate to others is a mental and emotional health issue. All of these things actually fall on the spectrum of mental health, but there are things that are within his purview to seek help for from uh, whether it's uh, athletic psychologists, team resources, having a better circle of people around him, just personal growth. Like there's books out there, read one. Like there there's, there's a lot of things that he can do to get over some of the things that are contributing to him being um, a toxic element on a competitive basketball team. The idea that he thinks that he's going to go somewhere else and the the um, external health of that organization and situation and that fresh start and new start is going to do something for him is very naive. It's like because taking- he thinks that it's going to fall that he doesn't realize that this is going to follow him, that right. that the fans that are watching this from wherever his next team is. They're like, oh, OK, I, I, I see this. But then they're going to get him and they're going to be like, OK, cool. Yeah, we got him. But first sign of adversity. First sign of adversity, the fan base will turn on him. Turn on him quick. Every fan base, every fan base is going to, like, they sense a weakness in him. It's not just going to be Philadelphia. 
he's going to get chided in every single arena that he goes to because a lot of this is generational. He's offended the sensibilities of all of the people out there who think that athletes are rich and spoiled. Anyway, this is the first time I really feel like we've seen one act that way. We project onto athletes all of the time. It's just part of society and what we do and our own economic hangups and everything like that. But this is actually the case of somebody who is a good player on a successful team who wants out for no reason other than he is personally uncomfortable and, and personally unhappy. You can blame 76ers organization all you want. I see people trying to pit this as like, oh, why are you guys out there siding with billionaires over Ben Simmons? I don't think the issue is Ben Simmons versus billionaire. I think the issue is Ben Simmons versus the reality of the situation. And I think that most NBA fans are smart enough to look at that and say, we would not want this guy in our locker room. Ben Simmons thinks that he's the kind of rotten banana that you can make banana bread with, but he's not. He's the kind that spoils the rest of the bananas, right? Like that's the situation that we're in with Ben Simmons. So see some of this, I do believe is the 76ers fault. Like the way that they talked to him, talked about him after, after the playoff game, it, it was knee jerk. You know, it's one of those like when you get a microphone stuck in your face and, and all it is. You know what I mean? What are you supposed to do? Like, what are you supposed to do? He has not improved as a shooter. His attitude has not improved. He's become timid in situations. He's He is a non-factor offensively. And that puts you in a situation where all the scrutiny is on you as a playoff team. This is my least favorite thing about sports is the, especially being a Suns fan is the fact that like when teams make the playoffs, instead of celebrating them, all 32 NBA uh, communities come together to put extra scrutiny on the teams that lose in the playoffs and say, here's why they're not the best. Here's why they haven't made it. So you'll have the team that just missed the playoffs completely avoid anybody talking about them while a team takes three different teams to seven games, then loses. And then all we want to talk about is what they're missing and what can't get them over the hump. That's just the culture we live in. It's very stupid. But at the same time, if Philadelphia wants to be a championship team, they're going to need offensive production out of their point guard position. And they're going to need the one other thing that most successful point guards have always brought to an NBA team. And that's leadership. He does neither. Yeah. Listen, bro. So, and then Daryl Morey, their general manager came out and was like, yo, this may take a long time. It could take years. The fact this is the first time that we've actually seen a team that I don't think is willing to blink that they want Ben Simmons back. First thing, I do believe they want him back, but if they're going to trade him, they're not just going to give him away for cheap or less than so over under. Actually, what is your gauge of when do you think that this will be resolved one way or the other within three weeks? It's just not sustainable. And shout out to Daryl Morey for coming a long way to being like free Taiwan to then holding one of his <laughs> own players hostage. <laughs> ben Simmons is Taiwan right now. <laughs> the fact of the matter is that like they he's ta- he is tanked his own trade value and they have assisted in tanking his trade value so much that they have to bring their standard down. I hate when teams give up on an NBA player for like a package of nothing, the way that the 
the Rockets, I feel, did with with James Harden and the way that the Thunder have seemed to treat the entire franchise, which is just to collect picks that you don't know if they're going to turn out or not. Uh, but at this point, you got to get somebody back who can contribute immediately because you are a title contender right now, even without Ben Simmons. And the, the other thing that you have to do is send him to Siberia if you have to. Send him to Sacramento. Send him to Sacramento and see, yeah, get and Marvin. see how he get, likes. Marvin Bagley is doing nothing right now. They won't even play him because the a level of toxicity that, that Ben Simmons has spread to the Philadelphia 76ers locker room is what Marvin Bagley III's dad has done over in Sacramento. And I'm, I'm not saying it would be a good, like, one-for-one swap because, of course, it wouldn't. But you're in a position right now where if you can – put together a couple of pieces if you're Sacramento to bring in Ben Simmons, considering you're getting nothing from they're going to have to give, give, give Halliburton too. like, it would be like Halliburton and Bagley. Cause they don't want Bagley. So, and he's okay. Like I, he is okay. And you know, I'm go to the ends of the earth to defend Arizona kid, but like, this Thank guy you for saying going, that. I appreciate you and the honesty because whenever I say that, you're like, no, no way. But I appreciate. That's not it. true. That's not true. That's definitely not true. That you you brought it up <laughs> in an inappropriate situation <laughs> off air. And we had a fight about it. But no, like w- when it comes to Marvin Bagley, let's be honest. This is a 16 and 10 guy from the power forward position, and I think that you can work with that. I think you got to find a way to start him. Like coming off the and, bench, and didn't he's work broken him, but, too. And he's broken too. Like he's broken like Ben Simmons is broken right right now. I think that his lack of success in the league has come from more situation than has it's been more uh, n- uh nurture than nature. Like I think Yeah. Yeah. Sacramento's not the best the best environment. And then to be the number two overall pick with Luca and Trey being drafted behind you and then the you expectations off are the bench, stupid. Yeah. Right. They never started him. They never planned for him to be a star there. They just said, this guy can't really play defense, but he's very good on offense. Let's get the boost of him coming off the bench. That's not, that's not going to work. Yeah. He he needs, you're, you're, you're making him into Marquise Chris when he's much more talented. Yep. Well, um, on to the college football world. So yesterday there was a play that just illustrated what is wrong in college football right now with the targeting rules and the way the game is officiated because people like we, we, we get so squeamish at watching sports. We're like, Oh my God, that's throw him out of the game, throw him out of the game. He hit somebody too hard, bro. It's football. Rule number one about football is this. It's the first thing that you have to understand before you play before your kid plays, before somebody that you know plays, and you have to accept this rule. Rule number one is, is that every time somebody gets hit, it's not a foul. It is not a penalty. It doesn't mean that they did something wrong. Bad things happen to good people in sports. It Not even just football. Bad things happen to good people. You're playing a physical game. And so here is what happened that I know when people, I saw it when I was watching the game and people on at home are like, oh my God, throw him out, kick him out forever. But this was a legal hit. This was a, this was teaching tape. This was an excellent hit. The kid did what he was supposed to do. 
We are replaying this hit on Michael Pratt. It was called targeting. Matt Austin, our rules official, is with us. Matt, walk us through everything you're seeing here. Okay, the ruling on the field, or the call on the field, was a late hit with targeting. So there's nothing the officials can do with the late hit. It, it's, it's gonna, that has to stand. I don't think this is targeting. What do you that's, not even, that's not even the play I thought you were going to show. I thought you were going to show the way the UNLV game ended. Oh, yeah, UNLV's that was bad, quarterback too. getting blown up. Because that to me, that was a launch. That was head down. This was not a launch. This was not head down. This was head to the side. This was hit with the shoulder. He began the attempt to make contact before the quarterback had any intent of sliding or showed any intent of sliding. This is a good hit, and this is why you don't venture out into the land of the beasts. If you're a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, you are a quarterback. You are a runner. Get down early. How many times you're have we seen quarterbacks get their shit wrecked because they decide, oh, I'm going to get an extra two yards here and slide. Bruh, you better take the Kyler Murray. I'll slide 10 yards <laughs> before anybody is close to me after I got the first down because that happens. And when you do stuff like that, when you start to protect yourself as a quarterback, you will get reps who are more protective of you. Last weekend, Kyler Murray, for the very first time, got gently pushed in the back after he released the ball. It caused him to take two steps toward the sideline. He didn't even show any impact, and they threw a 15-yard penalty. And that's because Kyler Murray is the type of quarterback who goes to great lengths to protect himself. And when refs see that, they're a little bit more uh, wary of like, oh, if this guy actually takes a hit, it was a terrible call. So they're going to In this case, just in this case, like you, he he had nothing on his mind other than yards. He could have braced for impact for that hit. He could have put a stop on, but he went with the slide way late and he got his clock cleaned. Like this is football. This is what's going to happen. The goal of these rules should be to protect quarterbacks, but you can't protect quarterbacks from themselves. Correct. And then, but, but the whole idea that this, the onus is on the defender makes no sense to, to, to me because this is like cognitive negligence. What did you do to contribute to your own demise? And and this quarterback did a lot to contribute to his own misfortune. He did. He put himself in harm's way. This is, this is just like if, if, if when, when I was younger, I used to hang out with, with a different crowd, like people who go to jail, get arrested, sell drugs, all of this stuff. That would be who I would be around. Now, but I understood in that situation that I could, that something could go wrong. You know what I mean? Like I understood that. And did that mean that I had to be doing something wrong? No, but I understood that if I was around the wrong element, that these things come associated with that. Same thing here. You're playing football. If you do not take great lengths to take care of yourself, like you said with Kyler Murray, they won't protect you. For instance, Lamar Jackson probably, and Cam Newton even. Cam Newton took way more hits than people than they would allow normal quarterbacks to take because Cam Newton would run people over. You didn't know when he was going to be down. Like, it put the refs in a very sticky situation. Lamar Jackson, he slides all the time. He doesn't try to run people over, so it's a little bit different. 
Russell Wilson runs, but but you ain't putting your hands on Russell Wilson because he doesn't take hits. Like he doesn't fight for fight for first downs. Josh Allen, he puts himself in more danger, so he probably gets hit uh, and doesn't get as many calls as other guys would too. So you are one hundred percent right about that. But um, what yeah. uh, can, is there one thing the defender could have done different? Is that that instinct that we see a quarterback or a punter or a kicker on the run that you want to run through him instead of wrap up? Is that is that something that I could have been that that not non penalized? I actually think that that was a better solution for him than trying to wrap him up because had he tried to wrap him up, his head would have been inevitably creeped up to the kid's head and then they would have been like, oh, it's targeting. His head slipped up and hit him in the chin. Bro, this is is football. If that was a running back running up the seam like that, would you have lowered your shoulder to go in on him? Or would you have gone at the legs or what? Like, like are the reps trying to tell defenders, treat the quarterback like they're any other runner but then yes. you know that's not the case because then if they went low you could get that call yeah the but they don't slide really though like like regular people don't slide right. like that they would have gone head first which would have been a normal collision but he decided that i mean and he was running straight up bro he he Listen, and it sucks that the kid got 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 hurt. But if somebody hit my kid like that, I'm not gonna be mad at the kid. I'm gonna be mad at my kid. You get because you put yourself in danger. Yeah, you put yourself in danger because you get the flag doesn't take the impact away. The flag doesn't <laughs> take anything that happened away. It doesn't go back in time and erase the trauma. Yep. So you still are hurt, and, it, and regardless of whether the ref says, oh, that's on the other team, it's still on you. You still feel the impact of what you did. No, you are 100% right, bro, 100% right. Um, all right, now, college football this weekend, though, there are a lot of really big games. One of them I'm going to, which is the biggest game of the weekend probably, is Oregon-UCLA. Uh, I am excited about this game. I'm going to this game, <laughs> um, I, but I am deciding whether I'm going to go to college football game day. Um, but uh, so, so Ralph, should I go to game day at 6 a.m. in the morning on UCLA's campus and then trek all the way to the Rose Bowl after that? If you can, if you can scoop Bill Walton for like a, for like a 10 minute interview, it's worth your time. I just went to game day and it's, it's all right. I mean, it's kind of sequestered off. So where you can't really like, so unless you're going to hold up a sign or be part of the festivities, it's better to just be watching game day on television. And then on the West coast, Holy crap. You got to be there at six in the morning instead of eight 30, you know, like, like, like I would out, out here in Charlotte. So I don't know. I don't think it's worth it unless you could find a way. Cause I know Bill Walton's going to be there. So yeah, if you, if, if you can find a way to get at that dude, uh, okay. Maybe, maybe not, because I have some stuff to say about him later in this podcast that that might not make it so friendly. Yikes! All right. Um. The next the oh well the um the rest of the week weekend though there are some games that are going to have some college football playoff impl- implications that obviously that Oregon UCLA game does even though Ralph doesn't think so. Um. And because he talked about that at our Pac-12 podcast, oh, Oregon doesn't have a shot at the playoff. Get out of here. Hey, no, Oregon UCLA absolutely has a college football playoff implication. It's important for Ohio State. I'll fight. I, I, if you were closer, I would fight you. <laughs> um, all right. The, the next game that is very important 
is I have circled this Northwestern Michigan game as a game that is like Michigan is a 23 and a half point favorite, but Northwestern, they find a way to play well at times when you don't think that they should. And I know that they just got beat by Nebraska 56 to seven, two weeks ago, but uh, Pat Fitzgerald, his teams find a way to play well. And Michigan plays a style of offense when they run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and can't throw it, that will lend itself to them playing an unusually close game, and this could be it. I did notice on our Fearless Friday picks this week, you went heavy on road dogs, all five. All five of your picks are road underdogs. Yep. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Yep, and and that's one of them. I have Northwestern because I think that this – I I think 23 and a half is too much for this game. And this game could turn into an upset. I'm telling you, like it's got all the makings of a potential upset because this is a trap game. Players are going to be overlooking them because of what North, because of what Nebraska did to them. And the players are going to be up. Debt has big time implications. Um, another one, the, another game that was wild, the, the, the line to me, so the Oregon line was weird to me because it started out Oregon was favored by three and a half points, I think. And then it swung all the way to UCLA for two and a half points. And then it went back to, and now it's a point for UCLA. Now the same thing in this line, Oklahoma state is playing at Iowa state. Oklahoma state is ranked number six, number eight in the country. Iowa state is ranked number is not ranked. They're four and two. They lost to Iowa and Baylor, both of whom who are ranked and well thought of. So, and they are seven point favorites over Oklahoma state this week. That's wild. That's tempting. I got bit though. I got bit though. Taking Baylor plus six and a half. Was it? No, Kansas state. I got bit taking Kansas state plus six and a half at Iowa state because I thought that they were having a down year and then they came out and, and had a fairly dominant performance. And so now this is a game that's really making me think twice because I watched, I watched what Oklahoma state did in the fourth quarter against Texas, but a lot of teams are doing that against Oklahoma late in the game. I don't think Iowa state's that kind of team. I think they're very, very disciplined. So if Brock yeah. Purdy, who is the ultimate game manager, if Brock Purdy can keep them in that game and keep it close, um, I think that you still have a pretty good chance because it's a, it's, it's a plus seven, but who knows? Maybe, maybe, uh, is it hall? They're running back. Is it, is his yeah. name Bryce hall? It, oh my gosh. Brees hall. Like Brees hall. Yeah. If, if he gets going, then, then who knows? Yeah. But I, I got bit on this last week, so I couldn't follow you down that one. All right. And the, and the last one I wanted to talk about LSU at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is ranked number 12. The line on this game, Ole Miss is favored by eight points. And after and and I know I shouldn't judge last week because Florida is severely overrated. I've been telling everybody this. Florida Florida fans have been real quiet in my mentions, Ralph. Real quiet. They were talking a lot. Oh, Georgia top twenty five is absolutely nonsense. Can't believe you don't have Florida ranked in the beginning of the season. I was like, beat somebody and I'll rank you. And then they're like, we just lost to Alabama by two points. Like, bro, don't nobody cares. 
Nobody cares about your, 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 your one close loss when you haven't beaten anybody. Nobody, dude. And, yeah, so they're, they're upset, but guess what? They'll be okay. And so this is this old. It was Ole Miss was favored by nine and a half. You say it's gone down to eight right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, you and I both got in at nine and a half. I think. Yeah. So we're we're good. I'm with you 100 percent on this. I think that I think that nine and a half is to Ole Miss by two scores. Like when you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or shoot that, shoot that. And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. I don't know. I don't, yeah, and and I think that having a solution to the Ed Ogeron situ- situation is going to help this team out. They're going to come out, play well, just like they did against Florida, and uh, this could be a, an upset. Valentine's Day is almost here, and you know what that means. It's time to make her blush with fresh blooms and gifts from ProFlowers. This year, go to ProFlowers.com to use code CRUSH15 to get 15% off through February 14th on all the best blooms and gifts. See website for details. Now on to the topic that Ralph has been chomping at the bit, or is it champing at the bit? Chomping at champing. the bit? Champing. Champing at the bit. Champing. Uh, is the NBA 75 list. The NBA 75 list has caused more division than, you know, like it's been the most divisive thing over the last few days because they put it out 
And the list has included, obviously, there are going to be players that we all know. You know, the Michael Jordans of the world, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, the, you know, all the all the marquee names. Shaq, Kobe, um, yeah, Shaq, Kobe, Oscar Robertson, David Robert, Robinson, John Stockton. You knew these... Dirk Nowitzki, you knew that these guys were going to be on the list. It's a good list. It's a good list overall. Okay, so, and on every list, there are snubs. And you had Reggie Miller say that he didn't think that he was even going to be on this list. So, and the last time they did it was 25 years ago when it was the NBA 50. So, now... Who do you have a problem with on this list and who should be replaced? Well, I got, I got a couple of problems. First of all, my first thing that I want to get out there and make really clear, I don't ever want to hear anything from Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, or Ray Allen ever again about how they were slept on or that the Miami heat built a super team. You know, who doesn't have three players on the NBA top 75, the early iteration of that Miami heat team. Now they did get Ray Allen. He was a bench player. He made a really big shot for them, of course, but prime Ray Allen, prime Kevin Garnett and prime Paul Pierce won a total of one title in Boston. And they're all on this list. I never want to hear anything from those three ever again about they, they are officially because of this list, the Atlanta Braves, of the NBA, all that talent, all that success. You got one title out of it. Mm. Chris, Chris Bosh isn't on this list. Mm. So I don't want to like, hear anything about the heat like, being better than a, Celtics. It's just, that is a hell of a point because they're all, you are right. They always cry. We're slept on. They don't act like we, they don't give us the credit. And then you think about what Draymond, they don't love you like that. Paul Pierce. Apparently they do. Somebody does. Because there was a glaring, I would throw Paul Pierce off this list for, and and there was another player I would throw off this list. And it's not because he's not a good player, because he plays for my team. That is Anthony Davis. And you know, the reason why I would throw him off this list is because of what he did prior to coming to the Lakers in terms of not having any playoff success. And I would replace him with Dwight Howard. And for some reason, he's the dude that's consistently slept on. We're talking about a guy who's an NBA champion now, eight-time All-Star, five-time first-team All-NBA, a a second-team two-thirds, three-time defensive player of the year in consecutive years, four-time defensive All-First-Team, um, uh, a second team, all rookie rookie team, five-time rebounding leader, two-time block leader. I mean, come on. Like, what are we doing here? Like, the fact that he's not on this list and Anthony Davis is, is criminal. I agree with you, Dwight Howard over... I agree with you on Dwight Howard over Anthony Davis. I don't think that Anthony Davis should be on this list yet. No, if you're going to put Anthony Davis on this list, Clay Thompson should be on this list. Well, Clay Thompson probably should be on this list. And I'll tell you, 
exactly he's who a better I feel shooter. like he should. He's a better shooter than Ray Allen. Let's let's be yeah, honest. But, but Ray made Allen just as many big shots. I'm just saying, and he's made just as many big shots. He's game six clay. Right. I, I would say that Ray Allen for me is one of the last on that I would definitely leave on because he's the bridge between Reggie Miller and what the NBA is today. Like he took the NBA from the Reggie Miller era where the best three point shooter in the league would maybe make one, one and a half threes a game to somebody who was putting in three to four on a regular basis, scoring 25 points a game and then evolved. He's got two championships as well. Um, so I, I do feel like Ray Allen belongs but here, here are a couple of uh, of switches that, that I would make right off the bat. Number one, two people that need kicked off the list immediately are Pete Maravich and Bill Walton. You cannot, you cannot have Bill Walton two should be players. on a college list. Well, Bill Walton is one of the top five greatest college basketball players Correct. of all time. It's it's Period. him and Lou Alcindor. Like he had a he had an MVP season. I think he won a title in Portland, then it had an MVP season right after that, where he averaged eighteen and fifteen. Then his career pretty much ended. He was a he was an injury riddled bench option for a long. And, and that's not to say that he was a bad basketball player. He's an incredible basketball player, but his resume is not better than Yao Ming's. His resume is not better than Dikembe Mutombo's. Like Bill Walton does not belong. You can throw him off and put T-Mac on too. Tracy McGrady, one of the 10 greatest scorers in NBA history. Right, but if you're going to throw T-Mac on, then we're going to have a huge fight about whether you'd put Alex English on because the whole thing about Mm. Alex English and why he was a bucket. Yeah, not only a bucket. He had eight straight years of averaging 25 points or more. T-Mac had seven, but two of those were over 30. I think maybe only one of Alex English's was over 30. But Alex English... For all the people who said that he was just a bucket and didn't do anything in the playoffs, he actually got to the second round a few times. Yeah. T-Mac never did. And so the, I think there the, it's a coin flip for me between Alex English and T-Mac. We got to get rid of Pete Maravich because he was a very influential basketball player. But his time in the NBA, like he won an NBA championship in his last year when he was getting nine minutes a game. Other than that, he, he never even won a playoff series. He was very, very exciting. But why him over Tony Parker? Why him yeah. over four-time NBA champion Tony Parker? I don't I don't understand. And so I think it, th- there are certain guys that are on this list, like Lenny Wilkins and Bill Sharman, who maybe you could make an argument would should be should, should be arguable, but they did so much winning peripherally, like they won on the court. And then they won as coaches. And then Bill Sherman won a bunch of executives. Yeah. Which brings me to my other point. All these people that are clowning all the old-time NBA basketball players because they wouldn't be able to play in today's NBA, that's not what we're talking about here. That's not the subject at hand. That is smooth brain thinking. That is no no wrinkles yep. up here, just yeah. smooth brain. If you can't see that the NBA existed for a very long time without KD in it and that everything scaffolded off of the people who were doing it in the early days. I saw somebody out there disrespecting Bob Pettit. Bob Pettit is like a top 15 player ever. Bob Pettit, here, if, here. if Bill Russell didn't exist, Bob Pettit would have like 20 titles. Here's the truth, Ralph, is, is that is that people don't think about the fact of this, right? 
So you look at a guy like Pete Maravich, you look at a Bob Pettit, you look at a Bill Russell, and they're like, oh, my God, look at him. Uh, John Havlicek dribbling the ball like, like, like this. <laughs> here's the reality is this, it, and here's the truth. Those players created moves, created, and, and, and mind you, the rules were much more cumbersome. There was no three-point line. You couldn't do certain things because they wouldn't allow it. They were like, yo, everybody can't do it, so we're breaking the rules and all this. So is that if those players were given the same opportunity to see themselves play 20, 30, 40 years later, they would be doing the exact same thing that the guys are now because they would be training differently. They would be, they would, they would know 50 moves when they're 10 instead of knowing, instead of inventing moves. I, I, but it just, you have to accept the idea that some people just came first. Yeah, and there People was no step the- back. If they've you call if you tried to do a step back back then, they would have called a travel. Like they would have like all of these side steps, crossover, uh Allen Iverson. Like you can't do Allen Iverson's crossover in the league now because they'll call it a travel. But you it's evolved, the game has evolved. And if Magic Johnson had gotten a chance to 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 train with or or those players back then got a chance to train the way Kyrie Irving and Steph Curry do now, their handles would have been way smoother too. Yeah, no, Magic, ma- Magic, like Giannis to me is what Magic would look like if he was right now. Like could just do literally everything that there is to do. And I love that. But you just think about it. Like, oh, so you live in the Western United States. Guess what? You are on the backs of people who were probably – wagon pioneers and that's why they have towns named after them and if you get mad because you get rich in the bay area you create way more jobs than you know anybody who your small town was named after everyone it doesn't matter they were there first because they were the pioneer you got to be born into that situation which allowed you to do what you're going to do if you can't think in a linear fashion like that then you just need to get out of the the entire debate altogether like we can talk about whether or not damian lillard a volume scorer who hasn't won a title because of where he's at belongs in over alex english um, or or Tracy McGrady or something like that. That's a debate that we can have yeah. because they're they're similar eras and they did similar things. Yep. But if you say like, oh, Bob McAdoo and Dave DeBusher, who by the way were the two biggest snubs from the NBA top fifty when they dropped this twenty five years ago, then it just just you you don't know. Like you don't know what they did to get basketball where it is now. It doesn't matter if they couldn't compete on the court right now. Guess what? Your college football team's graphic design guy is 10 times the artist that Leonardo da Vinci ever was. But guess whose paintings are priceless? Right? Like it, that's just the way it is. You have to accept that. So anybody, anybody who is saying like, Oh, well, (laughs) Bill Sherman would literally (laughs) not even get off the bench for the worst team in D3 in college basketball. Basketball is where it is because of guys like Bill Sherman and Jerry yeah. West and, and, and stuff like that. So uh, that whole thing just really ticks me off. But I, I will say the people that I, there's, there's four that I would remove from the list for sure. Anthony Davis is one. Damian Lillard is, is very arguable, but I feel like he is, he is one as well. And then Bill Walton and Bill Walton and Pete Maravich, God bless him. Probably t- both top ten, top fifteen NCAA players all time. But 
I don't understand what their standing is as far as NBA greatness when you have some of the guys that that you left off. It just doesn't make sense to me, especially Clay Thompson, who has three titles. Tony Parker, who has four. I think winning should matter. Yep. No, you I, I can't I can't debate that. You were 100 percent right. Do we need to cancel? Cancel, cancel, cancel? Or is there a justified consequence? Let's find out now. Now, it is time for cancel or consequence, where we tell you where some, whether somebody's being canceled out in the world or they are receiving consequences for things that have happened or that they did. So today's person is Alec Baldwin. So Alec Baldwin is directing and starring in a movie that's filming in New Mexico. And they had a prop gun situation. Prop gun goes off probably like it's supposed to. And it accidentally kills the director of photography and then injures another person who went to the hospital and um, and he was okay, but the, but the lady died. And the question was, people thought that the movie should be shut down, shouldn't come out. All of this, where do you stand? Oof. Um, well, obviously, like it, it's got to be thoroughly investigated. You got to figure out why something like this would happen on a, on a movie set. Um, I saw Paul, Paul Shear knew the woman. I think was her name Heather, uh, the director of cinematography and photography. She um, she passed away, and obviously, like you know, I think that you, you probably have to leave some of that to what her family's wishes would be, whether they want to see her, because a lot of this is her work. Do they want to see her work completed or is the completion of the process too faint painful? Would Alec Baldwin even want to be involved in something like this? The other guy that got shot is the actual director of the film. Yeah. And so, you know, what, what, what yeah, her, do her name is um, Helena Hutchins, Helena Hutchins. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I, I think ultimately if everybody was to be on the same page that they, that they, after a thorough investigation and, 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 you know, the director is healthy enough to work if they would even want to, if that would be something, because it, if well, an it actor sucks, dies dude. on a film set and most of their scenes are shot, then the idea is like most of them, most people would want to see that they, come out because it represents yeah, the last one. Like Chadwick Boseman, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Chad, Chad, Chadwick Boseman, same thing with uh, Paul Walker, with uh, well, Carrie uh, Fisher in the Star Wars. Oh yeah, uh, you know they had stuff filmed with her that came out long after she she passed away. But this obviously I, is not an on screen person, but it's the person responsible for what you're seeing on screen. Would so their family I, want to see that produced? See, now here is where the majority of things in life usually come back to, to the money. I always err on trying to do the right thing over the money. Right. And obviously I would have a conversation with, with their family. Right. You got, but, but before we even get back to filming, we got to make sure that everybody on our set is okay. Mentally and emotionally. Yeah, how are you going to go back sh- to that movie set with a Western movie set with guns and act those scenes out? Yeah, it's probably going to make for a very that much more emotional of a movie, and it may make the movie better ultimately, de- depending on how far how far they are and how much is in the can already. But man, th- this is a situation to where there's a lot of people who are going to 
debate and argue about set rules and all of this, which 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 there may have needed to be some more. I mean, we don't we don't know at this point, but this is an absolute tragedy. And I. I think you pause filming of the movie until everybody is in good shape to be able to. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free do it and then and then you resume it you see people who don't like alec baldwin which there's plenty of reasons to not like alec baldwin but you see people who don't like alec baldwin are like laughing about this and applauding it bro this they're they're gross and they need to be actually canceled and no no actually they they would be receiving consequences so it, it it's gross when people use you know, tragedy to try to further whatever their agenda is or belief about a person. So, yeah. They say, if you love something, to set it free. If it doesn't come back, it was never yours to begin with. Here at LifeLock, we have to say, what a load of bull hockey. All those nights working overtime, saving up all that money, paying off all that debt, and now some identity thief wants to try and set it free? That's crazy talk. The truth is, it can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. But with LifeLock by Norton, it's easy to help protect yourself. 
We help monitor your info and alert you to potential identity threats. If you become a victim, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year at lifelock.com aware. That's lifelock.com aware for 25% off. LifeLock. Identity theft protection starts here. Now, 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 here's the best of social media. Now, it is time for the best of social media, where we literally show you guys the best things from social media. Um, the first thing up today was a debate about what a hot dog is because it, it came out on the um, on one of the unafraid shows Twitter accounts is a hot dog a sandwich Ralph a hot dog is absolutely a sandwich it it there is meat there is bread and my mind you you can actually make a sandwich without meat but I, I prefer not to have those um yeah so you can put condiments on it. So you put condiments on it, mayo, mustard, uh, the hollandaise, whatever accoutrement that you want on your hot dog. You can put vegetables on there, lettuce, onions, pickles, whatever you want on there. It satisfies and you eat it with your hands. It satisfies every single criteria that there is for a sandwich, just like a gyro and just like a pita. Okay. Um, I've never actually, you, you said that I, I don't think a hot dog's a sandwich. I've never actually cared enough to weigh into this debate, but let's prosecute it, right? Let's, l- l- let's get into it. Uh, a hot dog is the meat, right? Yeah. Okay. So you can eat a hot dog without the bread? Yes. So then a hot dog is not always a sandwich. Because you could just eat hot dogs. You could roast them We're t- on a fire and eat them. Yeah, and so you can do that with 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 turkey and ham and uh, shawarma and whatever else that you put on it too. It becomes right. a sandwich when you put it in the bread. So if you eat just the bread with some lettuce in it, just a hot dog bun with some lettuce in it, is that a sandwich? Yes. So then the sandwich isn't the hot dog. The sandwich is the bun. No. You're saying a sandwich is anything with bread. No, 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 no. Anything with a bread is not there. Well, that if you put something in bread, right? Whether it's two pieces, if if it can, and it can even be open face. But I don't, I don't, I don't consider open face sandwiches sandwiches. But that's a whole other thing. Um, if you put bread, right, some bread. sort of okay. bread, whether it's a pita, a a, uh, you know, what I mean, what what whatever it is. Even if you take two crackers and put meat and cheese in, it is now a sandwich. A a hot dog, when you put the meat in the bun, if you put anything inside of a bun, a hamburger is a sandwich. Like all of these things are sandwiches. It follows the criteria of having bread and something in the middle. If you put chili in a hot dog bun, which I've done when I didn't have hot dogs and I was broke, that is still a sandwich. Putting, doing what my grandmother used to give me in the mornings for breakfast sometimes. 
bacon, mayo in a bun or on bread is a sandwich. Okay. But the, the issue is what, what your criteria. Well, first of all, the hot dog thing is the hot dog can exist on its own. So if the hot dog can exist on its own, then whether a hot dog's a sandwich or not depends on how you eat it. Right. So Correct. the other thing is you said it could be a cracker with two ingredients in between. So an Oreo cookie is a sandwich. It's a cookie sandwich. Okay. You said that bread with anything in it is a sandwich. Pretty right? much. Yeah. Okay. So a uh, Boston cream donut. No, it's a donut, Ralph. A donut is not. Donut is bread. You know what? How many times do do we see on these weirdo uh, BuzzFeed or um, Tastely that, that that they'll make a hot dog and I mean they'll they'll make a hamburger or something and put it on a on a uh, on a donut. They'll cut a donut in half or use two donuts. So yes. A donut can be used to make a sandwich. But a but like a Boston cream or like a, a filled cronut, you slice it and then you put the frosting inside it and you sandwich it. Those are sandwiches? I don't even know what you're talking about right now. You're saying anything with bread and something in it. I'm So I'm just trying to figure out the criteria. So then here's the other issue. If you're in the office and you're going to get lunch and you say like, hey, what do you guys want me to pick up for lunch for the office? And everyone in the office says sandwiches that person going out to get hot dogs would be a mistake <laughs> because that's not going to be the expectation of everybody who said sandwiches. And then you're going to come back in and be like, it's a sandwich. Also, also soft tacos, soft tacos, according to you sandwich. No, no, because it falls into the Mexican category. A torta is a Mexican sandwich. A torta is a Mexican sandwich. If you if you you don't make sandwiches with tortillas, a soft taco is really just a burrito. How about that? Well, everything is a burrito, but that's an argument for another time. All right, last one. Is a pizza a sandwich? Nope. Nope, it's dough. It's different. It's it's it, it's 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 like flatbread. It's it's got its own. What? what was that second word? Flat what? Flatbread. All right, so I'm gonna fold a pizza in half, call it a calzone. Is it a sandwich? No, a that's calzone. Bread, that's bread on both sides. That's bread on both sides with ingredients in it. A Same calzone is not a sandwich. Dog. And the reason why a calzone. How do you eat a calzone? It depends. You pick it up and eat it. You can eat it with a fork. Nope. No, nobody ever picks up a cow calzone and eats it, Ralph. Sorry. I definitely pick up a calzone and eat it. You're, 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 you're Ralph Hamston. So there's that. Um, I just, I, I don't care. I don't care either way. I just know that if someone says I'm hungry for sandwiches, they don't mean hot dogs. And if they say I'm hungry for a hot dog, you wouldn't bring them a sandwich. It seems to exist as its you, own thing. Same as a euro. Same clarify. I'm going to go get hot dog sandwiches. All right. Um, who says that? <laughs> all right, the next best thing from social media, Lamelo Ball. <laughs> he dresses like his car. So I I have a lot of questions here because I know people who do this some so, sometimes. So if you're gonna do this, right, you have to make this like a life theme for at least a few few months, where like you're wearing this highlighter green, like like this is your thing for like a couple months. 
And then you can switch up your car because it, it may be wrapped and not painted that color. So now you can keep changing that joint, right? You can yeah. keep changing that joint for for whatever your theme color for the for that NBA season is. Yeah. Uh, thank goodness he plays in Charlotte because Cam Newton did a whole lot of warming the city up for. <laughs> stuff like this (laughs) cam newton's outfits got everybody prepared for this yeah because because southern people are like i don't even know what's happening here i second of all like it's a good thing the hornets won their opener because that would have been a wild ass move after a loss (laughs) oh yeah well well he probably wouldn't have posted it um now what do you what what does he what does it look like he does for a living to you because i think he looks like the uh, Christopher Lloyd's character from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like, he's trying to make dip to kill all the tunes in Toontown to build a freeway. Dude, dude, he looks like a a villain. Like, that's what he looks looks like. A villain in, like, like Batman would has to defeat him. You know, um, you know, he's he's like an evil superhero. Batman would whoop everyone in Charlotte's ass. I've, I've only lived here six months, but, like, He'd be breaking jaws of white collar criminals who commit bank fraud. Like there's the city's very, very quiet. Uh, one, one Batman style villain would bring this whole city down in five minutes. <laughs> All right. All right. The next thing up is these Ralph, since we're staying on you on outfits, Look at these uniforms. Oregon's going to be playing in, in the Rose Bowl, dude. What? Bro, have you seen a greater college football uniform than that, bro? The, 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 the nightmare green, the speckled uniforms. They, they are made out of sustainable materials. Bro, nobody's doing a uniform game like this, Ralph. Knocking it out the park. I think you'd have been excited no matter what it was. No, because I was not excited. Remember, I was not excited about the uniforms that they wore a couple weeks, like two weeks ago. I was like, mm, they ended up looking better on television. But these, but this shit right here. Oh, man. It's that death. What? I, I got a few things to say about it, I suppose. I, number one. In the time of COVID, when we're talking about like projectile breathing and everything, it looks like so many of the COVID graphics we've seen for why you wear a mask. It does. Oh, dude. It looks like that picture looks like Jalen Red just got Thanos snapped and he's turning to ash. Oh, my God. It looks like it said it looks it looks like it should say eat more chicken across the bottom. Dude, you said it like 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 this is um. Like I'm when they leaving. would do the models of the um of the of the droplets. Yeah, droplets. <laughs> it looks like droplets. <laughs> I am leaving this podcast today to go get a cookies and cream milkshake because <sighs> it this is making me crazy. It looks like somebody pointed out. It looks like the wall behind the toilet in the stall at Red Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I don't know. You know what? I would have liked. I actually, I would have liked this uniform. I, I'm being dead ass serious here. I would have liked this uniform if it was like that the jet black uniform color with the yellow or the neon specks. So it looked like a starry night, like a stoner's bedroom. Mm, maybe, but maybe next the, year, buddy. 
The black and white is wild. It is straight up. It's not black and white, dude. It's like that brownish kind of greenish uh, chameleon kind of color. Bro, that thing is fire. This is these uniforms are if Cruella DeVille succeeded. That's what these are. (laughs) Like you should have wore these against Washington to just say like, hey, we skinned your cousins. (laughs) All right. All right, the next best thing from social media. I'm not even sure if this should have been a cancel or consequence because this man may deserve to be canceled for what he did here. Um, This is Kyle. I'm going to read this to you. Kyle is 28 years old, and this was tweeted out by a Twitter um, from the New York Times called Telegraph Money. That it that That is, I'm pretty sure... There's a long history of people writing articles on how you can retire early and all of the articles seem to have one common thread and it exists in this thing you're about to read. Okay. So, okay. So Telegraph Money comes, it's a UK New York Times thing because it has the New York Times symbol. Oh, uh, oh, no, no, no. But, but it's Telegraph. Sorry. Instead of New York Times, it says on their Twitter page, 20,000 followers. Our aim is to inform with the best money advice and fight for readers' rights. Email us, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so now let me read to you what this thing says. And tell me what your reaction is. It has a picture of a but pretty nondescript-looking white, white guy sitting there. He, look, he looks pretty tall, though. I don't know why. But, but anyways... Kyle. He looks like he, he looks like he's a seventh year sophomore at BYU. Yes. <laughs> um, Kyle, 28, has already paid off his student loans, owned his own home, and is prepared to retire at 40. Can you believe that, Ralph? He re- prepared to retire at 40. And uh oh, I lost it. Hold on. Let me, well, let me. I was pre- I was prepared okay. to retire at 20. I just didn't have the money to do it. Yep. <laughs> I was prepared to do it. Okay. Kyle, 28, has already paid off his student loans, owns his own home, and is prepared to retire at age 40. Quote, managing your spending is difficult, unquote. Requote, but if I but if I can do it, anyone can. Learn how he did it. And how'd he do it, George? Kyle started saving as soon as he got his first job. Senior project manager at the hedge fund run by his father. Senior? (laughs) He made $250,000 per year, but immediately deposited 25% into savings. To save money on housing, he lived in his grandfather's empty vacation home in Monterey for a few years to build up savings. Well, yeah, I mean, we all got the Monterey vacation home that's empty. Exactly. And rather than borrow money for a mortgage on a house, he used savings and a $500,000 gift from his uncle to purchase his first home. (laughs) And quote, it was tempting to spend, says Kyle, about his postgraduate years. My friends would send me photos of vacations from Italy or Japan, but I just remained committed to only vacationing domestically. Bro, who does this help? (laughs) 
Dude, Kyle was fine either way. If you have anybody in your life that will just give you $500,000 and give you a $250,000 job when you get out of school, dude. You could live in a house in Monterey for free? (laughs) Oh, my God. First of all, first of all, senior project manager, senior project manager out of first college job, for your dad's job, company. First job, senior project manager. Not, not project manager, not junior, not assistant project manager. Senior project manager is your first job. Bro, imagine, this- imagine opening this article because you're legitimately worried about <laughs> retirement, trying to think of strategies to save what you can cut out of your life here and there. And the tip is have an uncle give you $500,000, a grandfather who doesn't want to be in Monterey and a dad who jumps you ahead of all of his other employees (laughs) to give you 250,000 a year right out of college. And then, and then, and then have the one thing that you can actually take away from this be like, well, if you're going to vacation, don't go to Italy yet. Yeah, wait till wait till after you're a multimillionaire from everybody handing you and bulldozing your way through through life. This guy is just living his life. Like but if do I see him on the street, he thinks that that's ridiculous. Like when when you're going to do an article, you know, like 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 my wife did a, an article for Yacht Yahoo family where like they were going to pro profile her as a woman who went from going being broke, doing really well in life, making tons of money, all of this stuff. Right. And you understand how you're going to look when you're doing this. And her road to success was like, was broke mom in jail, all of this, like a, a real rags to riches story. So, you know, that's going to play, play well, but at what point in time was he looking at this and he was like, yo, 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 we're going to kill him with this one. We're, we're going to help people with this story. We're going to encourage people with this story. It's a, yeah. Like who is the odd is it, the audience is kids with free. Cause I know Gary Vaynerchuk talks to these. I don't know who they are. I don't have any of them in my, in my life, but Gary Vaynerchuk on the stuff he does. He talks to these people all the time of like, don't take money from your parents because you're going to be beholden to them. There's all these depressed people who are just generationally rich and they haven't built anything on their own. Like, is that the audience? And I'm not like, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely not dumping on whatever this publication is because I understand building something for a niche audience. We have a pack 12 podcast. Like we, we got 30 or 40 people out there <laughs> that that is relevant to. This must only have 30 or 40 people. Like I, I can't understand 30 who or the 40, audience is. Ralph, Ralph, Ralph. We do thousands of downloads per per episode. You you do realize that, right? I was just assuming that there was no way that more people listen to our show than showed up to a Stanford game. But may, maybe they're all busy reading instead of going to the game. Because they're all they're busy reading articles like this. <laughs> I'm trying to save money by not driving out from Monterey. My grandfather's abandoned beach house. I hate Kyle. Kyle did nothing wrong. And you hate Kyle because you're like, I you're do title prick. Well, no, I just like what he just, it's like when your dog brings you a dead bird and it's like, look what I did. Like, I don't want this. I can't do anything with, I'm not going to cook it. This does not apply. Like I'm happy for you. This does not apply to me. Get it out of here. Bruh. All right. Okay. Now the next thing for the best of social media, 
All right. This is another story that is absolutely wild. (laughs) All right. Here it is. Um, Anonymous post. Please tell me I'm not being petty because my fiance thinks I am. My daughters have been painting kindness rocks, which ironically I have in my mailbox. They had no idea where it came from. And you have one. You have a kindness rock. Yes. Somebody like left it. Yes. In my, in my, in my mailbox. I didn't know where it came from. It's still in my mailbox now. Um, and hiding it in our community. They paint the most beautiful rocks with vibrant colors and gorgeous lettering and inspiration, inspirational sayings. They work so hard on them. We've seen so many comments in our local group praising their artwork and commenting how much joy and happiness they felt. They look professional and people would totally pay for them if we sold them. But that's not the point. My girls are eight and 11 and I'm trying to teach them about spreading joy and positivity. First thing is you're teaching your daughters a bad message too. like, yes, you need to do things for other people, but if people will buy them, like, like you're teaching them to be poor, but, but it, it, anyways, <laughs> Um, this is why we fight. This is why we fight. <laughs> and, and, and why Aaron fights you too. Yes. Um, well, I guess someone in the hood couldn't stand. First first of all, what the hell is that supposed to mean? I guess someone in the hood couldn't stand to let someone else get all the attention because all of a sudden these ratchet ass rocks barely painted are showing up all over the place they're ugly and thrown together clearly some stay-at-home moms shitty project (laughs) shitty homeschool project and saying things like hello smile um so i took them i went around i banged them up and i threw them in the bin like, don't try and upstage someone else's art. It's like if you hear someone playing a beautiful song on a piano and your dumb ass comes in and starts singing gibberish. <laughs> My fiance thinks I'm being petty and that some little kid is going to feel bad, but I don't care. Take your shit ass rock somewhere else. <laughs> uh, okay. Here. Here's how we have about this. Okay. Would your other half agree? (laughs) Dude. Okay. He's probably right about the quality of the rocks, but then he's also probably biased thinking. Well, this is a mom. This is a mom. This is a, this is definitely, this has got to be a mom. It's got to be. Oh, this, this struck me as a dad. I don't know why. You think it's a dad? (laughs) I think you think it's a dad that talks that way about stay-at-home moms? <laughs> oh, All right, so a, it's that's a good it's, point. It's, so it's somebody. It, this sounds like a mom with a job who doesn't like other moms who sit at home all day. Okay, so the question is: Is it okay to jack the other rocks? I say no, dude. You didn't try to get the credit for it. If if your daughters were getting credit for this and somebody knocked it off, okay, cool. I'm all for that. But you can't. But you're trying to spread joy in the world. And apparently somebody else (laughs) saw what you did and was like, oh, I want to spread some joy, too. Now you're trying to put a cap on the amount of joy that can be spread. That makes you a hater. Would your other half agree with this? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to send it to her and see. I'm, I'm thinking mine might. Therefore... I side with 
I side with the rock stealer. <laughs> just, just in case. Just in case, because I'm not going to pre-disagree, because I know this is going to come up later. Imitation is a sincere form of flattery. This sounds more like a thing you complain about around the dinner table, not a thing you take action on. Uh, stealing all the rocks and throwing them away is an incredible power move. I don't know how that's going to spread joy and happiness. Nor do I know what the economy of painted rocks are and whether or not somebody uh, somebody's day is made worse by more than one person getting attention for it. But I'm going to go ahead and say she's right just because that phrase she's right has done me a lot of good. Bro, I think that this is a dad and and he's wrong. He's so you wrong. think it's a dad with two kids who's marrying somebody else? Yes. I just I think to me it was the clapping emojis. Oh yeah. Yeah, true. That's a that's a good telltale sign. And we and we know it's a white lady, right? If if uh, so because she used the white hands. She didn't use the yellow hands, which which could which 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 makes you ethnically ambiguous. But if you use the white hands, because black oh. people are funny about this, dude. If you're black, like dude, there's not a fucking chance in hell that I would use white hands to send emojis. I make sure I make sure to send an appropriate colored emoji. That way you know what it is. What if AI got so good that if you were going like full Karen in a post like that? that it, you didn't have any choice but to use the white hands. <laughs> like, there's a little quippy things. Like, it sounds like you're trying to Karen. Like <laughs> change the color of your emoji. Oh, God. Oh, God. Dude, and, and the funny part is, here's a, here's a secret and a tidbit. Black people Karen sometimes, too. I know I know some black people who, who have Karen. So, just, just saying. Oh. I have nothing to say. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, you guys, uh, that is Reister or Wrong for the day. I'm George Rice. You guys enjoy your weekend. Make sure that you hit us up, 818-293-7547, or shoot us an email. I'm mad at unafraidshow.com. Peace out. Catch you guys later. Thunderstruck. Adjective. Shocked and amazed by the power of fun on Carnival. Riding Bolt, the world's first roller coaster at sea, Brian got thunderstruck so hard, his 93-year-old grandmother felt it 3,000 miles away in Nebraska and immediately booked a cruise. Hooray! Get thunderstruck starting at 289. Carnival. Choose fun. Cruises are in U.S. dollars per person, double occupancy. Taxes, fees, and port expenses. Additional restrictions apply. Full details on Carnival.com. Ships Registry, Bahamas, Panama. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane, back to reality. See how to elevate your travel experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 